gentle listeners. Welcome to Babes Watch Buffy, normally an episode-by-episode discussion of the cult (laughs) classic Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm Anna. I'm Kate. And today, as is the tradition we have started, to cap off season three, we are going to uh, talk about a vampire-themed movie. Movie talk. Yes. We are steeping ourselves in the genre. We are getting educated. And uh, in order to do so, we've invited a guest to come yes. talk about the movie with us. Welcome, Bobby Evers. Oh, hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we heard you liked movies. I do like movies. I go see them. I heard you like movies so much that you have a podcast about movies. I do. I have a podcast with my friend Jeff, and I think you guys have both been on it. Yeah, maybe we that's have. how we heard, because we've been on it. Never yeah. together, but we've been on we separately. Should all, we should be on it together. I want to do, do a full set of crossovers, Bobby. Yeah. We invited Jeff, but... He's got better Lots things to do. Calling you out, Jeff. Calling you out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kidding, Jeff. kidding. But it's all right. We have, we have the better half of the deal. <laughs> oh. Wink, wink, wink. Have fun with your dogs, Jeff. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about the movie A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I'm super excited. I've been wanting to see this film like two years, and I finally need I need like a reason to sit down and finally watch it. Yeah, and same, it. same. Okay. So. I was worried the way that you were saying that. I was like, wait, did you not watch it? No, I watched it, guys. I watched it. I waited till this morning, but I watched sure. it. I watched it this morning, too. You had seen it before, right, Bobby? Yes, I saw it when it was in theaters oh, at the Gene okay. School Film Center downtown. Whoa. I bet this would be cool to see in a theater. It yeah. Was, it was cool. It's a very thematic. I mean, like, it's a... Very like, stylized. Yeah, it's a very yeah. cinematic movie. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. It's apparently a part of the Iranian New Wave, so I'm looking into what other films are in the Iranian New Wave that I didn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, uh, it came out in 2014, mm-hmm. and it is, it's billed as a Persian language American vampire western. Yes. Yeah. It's like a mixture of spaghetti western with a vampire film with like film noir too in yeah, there. Yeah, very noir, very shadowy. Yeah. And- yeah. If, it mixes a lot of fun. There's dramas. a lot of. I, I think um, I saw one article, maybe either Vanity Fair or Salon, described it as Lynchian neo noir. That's really interesting because. So Jeff and I just reviewed her follow up film, this oh, director's follow up film. I just saw that just came out, right? Yeah. Uh, the one about cannibals. Yeah. The, the Bad, Bad Batch. Batch. Yep. And so that was, was an. It? it was. Spoiler alert. It was interesting. Okay. Um, I would say this movie is better. But it also is Lynchian, mm-hmm. and it's also a melange of different genres. Genre bending, big yeah. time, yeah. yeah Very like experimental seems to be and yeah. into the genre bending yeah. of sorts. The number one thing it reminded me of right off the bat was Kill Bill. This movie, I can yeah. See that. Okay. You know what I got from it, which is kind of funny. It's like Frances Ha, but with vampires, because she was like a cool, like indie girl that we're following, figuring out her life, even though she's a vampire. But like, I still got from the way it was themed and like some of the choices on the dancing and stuff. Like, yeah, the dancing, yeah. So that's funny. Yeah, it was just, I'm like, this is like Iranian Francis Ha with vampires. I'm yeah. here for it. <laughs> like, I've never seen Francis Ha. It's, it's good. pretty good. It's, it's good. like a mumblecore like this, which it's like, it doesn't have a a big story arc. We're just kind of living <laughs> in it. Well, I don't I don't say that as a criticism. It's just yeah. like. No, I'm laughing because like, that's that's a good way to describe mumblecore. I was about to have a quip of like, I don't know if I could even call this movie mumblecore because there's. 
almost no, no dialogue <laughs> whatsoever. That's how the Bad Batch is, too. Mm. Um, but Frances Ha is great, and it's about female friendship. It's like, oh, shit, my friend is doing this, and what am I going to do on my own? How do I be myself? Well, I love female friendship. Yeah. So. And it's, it's written by a woman. Nice. And yeah. it's on Netflix, so. And this movie is also directed and written by women. Mm. I'm yes. doing this thing recently where most of the horrors I watch are, like, directed and written by women, and mm. I'm so happy. <laughs> like, I have cool. also, I have, man, the, Trump's America. Like, I just, I don't have the patience to listen to white men go on and on about things. Mm-hmm. So I've naturally, all of the podcasts I listen to are, are now, now all female-centric. Yeah. Like, cool. they can have men on as guests, yeah. but, like, ideally <laughs> like they're... <us. laughs> yeah. yeah, ideally men of color or queer men or just some something, some kind of intersectionality to it. Yeah. Um, because, like, I try to listen... I try to go back and, like, even things that are... Like Very, my Bam Bam? Because you've always loved that. My Bim Bam is the last holdout yeah. of male-centric that I can tolerate. But like things like even um, Radiolab and Freakonomics and This oh. American Life, like things that are, are beautifully produced, um, I just like – I have lost interest and I've drifted much more towards like all female voices. I've definitely drifted from This American Life. Ditto. But – I think that's for different reasons. I think I was just listening to it so often that I was like, I don't need to hear all these stories anymore. Like, I know what I'm getting. I yeah. Don't know. Even though it's great. Well, now all of these other uh, podcasts that are spinoffs all have the Ira Glass kind of yeah. theme to the, Yeah. Because yeah. they all work with him. Yeah. Which is yeah. fine. So, but yeah, when we were talking, Kate, when you and I were talking about what movie we wanted to do for season three, I think a big part of the reason why we chose A Girl Walks Home is because it's written and directed by a woman. And, of course, it has, it's, like, super feminist. Yeah. Yeah, feminist vampire film. It's also, like, Iranian with subtitles and stuff. And I haven't yeah. seen a foreign film in a, a long time. I feel like I, I I want to see one every couple. <laughs> like, you know, you need to keep seeing them. Yeah, just like, getting exposure to... Yeah, I mean, even though it was filmed in California, it obviously tried to set up like an Iranian way of living. So yeah, I mean, they say that, so this movie is set in a fictional Iranian town called the Bad City. Bad City. Which is interesting because in her follow-up film, there's a, a city called Comfort. Like, oh. I think it's support, sort of like a an artistic motif to like continue giving things like sort of simple symbolic names. Did you know that they worked to um, do graphic novels with this? Uh, with so, this? Yeah. That's very so cool. about the girl in the bad city and her journey with it. Yeah, I I came across that in the Wikipedia that they re- they recently released a, a graphic novel of this movie, but one of the genres she incorporated into making this movie is graphic novels because mm-hmm. Sin City is like a, a Frank Miller kind of oh, lift of yeah. Sin City. Nope, I said Sin City. Bad City yeah. is a lift of Sin City. I bet this would be really cool as a graphic novel. I think so too. It I worked, get that. I think it works completely for that. Yeah. So I do definitely want, and I've been really into reading um, like horror graphic novels recently. So nice. Interesting. Well, so we should actually say this woman's name. It's um, Anna Lily Amapur yeah. is the name of the writer. She directed and wrote it. She's born in the UK and now lives in the States. Yep, and it was it's set in a fictional city in Iran. Although, like you said, Kate, it, it was actually filmed, filmed California. in California, and it's all Persian. Like the language, the language is Persian. It's Farsi, Farsi, yeah. Yeah. all in Farsi. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I mean, that's what I read. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't listen right. to it and be like, Bobby, that's obviously Farsi. Right. I would be like, that's Iranian. There's but. so many elements of this that, like, this is good. This is why you expose yourself to foreign films, but, mm-hmm. or in, in other, other cultures. But, like, I have a fair amount of anxiety discussing this because I just wonder how many layers I'm missing. Like, the, the, all of the cultural implications of the chador that she wears. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, Anna Lillian Amapur says a big part of what motivated her idea for this was putting on the chador for the first time and, like, like seeing how badass it looked. It's yeah. just, like, Dracula-like cape is kind of the spark of the idea. I like that. But there's got to be all this cultural commentary beyond that that is just going to be lost on me, of course, exactly. because I mean, I'm just a white lady living in Chicago. With so. me looking into it also, I was just like... When I found out it was part of, like, the Iranian New Wave, I'm like, oh, my God, I know nothing else that's in the New Wave, like, yeah. of, like Iranian New Wave. I've heard of, like, the French New Wave, and, it, like, of course there is an Italian New Wave, and I've seen some films with those, but this made me really want to see more of that, because yeah. I liked, the, I like experimental stylistic filming, like, I I see it related to Lynch. I find it less annoying than Lynch personally. Uh, (laughs) And also like, so I, I assumed that this was an Iranian movie and like, I I actually don't think of this as an Iranian movie. I think of this as an American movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But there, but I, I thought it was in with that sort of like um, industry. Like that there's a, a, a lovely, Iranian film industry and like some of the films get nominated for Academy it, Awards. It debuted her short film debuted originally at an Iranian film festival, okay. and that's how yeah. she got. They they went on the to do a crowdfunding, a Kickstarter to actually make it into a full length. I feature. noticed that okay. it was a short before, and then I think it went on to Sundance from yeah. there and did really really well. Yeah, and I guess Elijah Wood helped. Yeah, get it off yeah, the he was a producer cool. of Good it. Good job, Elijah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Elijah, who was in Sin City. I mean, I consider it Iranian just because she seems to really want to consider it Iranian with the like tagline being the first Iranian vampire Western and stuff like that. Yeah, like all of the descriptions of this are like a, a Focus per- on- Persian feminist horror film, an, an Iranian vampire spaghetti Western. But I wonder if a movie like that would get made in Iran. Like if it was intended for an Iranian audience, like would there be a bathtub scene and I like, literally know nothing enough to speculate I was wondering that. about that too but again yeah this is yeah I don't want to speculate bit, on that, yeah. we're a little bit undergunned in terms of in terms of discussing the film. I mean I feel like they try to this, talk but... about culture in certain ways where he's like you can't be in the bedroom with uh, like it's not proper when he said like what yeah. would your mother and father think so he could seal the earrings though it was a farce but still um, and then I mean it seemed to tackle drug culture and prostitution a lot so I was mm-hmm. wondering where that fit in too but yeah yeah because it definitely focused on drug culture a fair amount oh yeah I mean there are not that many characters in the whole movie yeah. and one so of them to focus on one of them that is the most prominently featured is the sex worker who has like almost the 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 girl as they refer to her as you know the, the vampire in the story mm-hmm. is like her dark guardian angel in mm. some ways yeah she just is following her and that's how at first she thinks she's just like i don't know so going into this film i thought it would be like her you know luring like finding men that were gross and killing them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like men she's, that would... she's sort of like a superhero like yeah. she exactly yeah, like a vigilante it's yeah. totally focused on this woman more so where she follows her and 
is looking out and trying to understand her almost. And like, I don't know that. Well, she says one of the few pieces of dialogue is, is this conversation she has with her. Um, Ati is, uh-huh. is her name. The, I was just looking at the up. sex worker. And she says, I've been watching you mm-hmm. at night. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, how I want anymore. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, it passes the Bechdel test because mm-hmm. of that conversation. Yeah. Between I mean, the two we of have them. so few, like you said, like people having dialogue even in this movie. Like Justin was in the other room while I was watching it and he's like, yeah, I just haven't heard much dialogue. I'm like, no. It had amazing music though. I was actually happy we had you on because you're such a music person and I thought the music was pretty extraordinary. Yeah, when I first saw that scene where she's just alone in her bedroom listening to that that song, I was like, this is amazing. Like, I want to get this song. And all her posters around yeah. her room. And I like that so much. I have some trivia on this. I don't know if you have any more that you want to... I mean, the only other kind of stat I have is that it got 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it was so. pretty critically acclaimed. Well-regarded film by audiences debut. and critics alike. Yeah. I mean, she had done a lot of short films before this, but this was her first feature length, it seemed. One thing that I felt bad about is a lot of the, the reviews were saying, like, she is the next big thing and then like her follow-up movie has like a like a 40 percent yeah it got much worse reviews yeah in your mind since you've seen both of them is there a huge difference between the two i think that there's terms of quality or how how much you enjoyed it yes i think i enjoyed this one more but similarly like i think maybe it got more rave reviews than it maybe deserved whereas like her second movie got much more harsh criticism than because it deserved. They expected more. Yeah. Mm. So I think that like the truth is somewhere more in between where it's like this yeah. is this is a great weird little movie with some really interesting shadows and characters and like explorations of, you know, vigilantes and stuff. And then like her follow up is like a weird like apocalyptic thing with cannibals and like I'm it's totally into watching that it's, it, it's it looked, also I watched the trailer and it looked like Mad Max kind of that's what I was thinking too, but like my our friend Susan on our podcast about it called it like a dubstep cinema where mm. it's just like a lot of like party music and then walking through the desert and like weird interactions and there's very little dialogue in that one too. Mm. I mean the filmmaker clearly seems experimental so I don't feel like you're gonna hit all the right notes when you experiment that greatly yeah. all the time. Like if you wanted to do the same kind of film each time, then yeah, I'm sure she could make a perfect film each right. time if she hit like all the same notes. Well, and a perfect like, according to whom. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. I think it's probably exactly the film she wanted to make. Like yeah. I saw an interview with her and she seemed like a big film nerd. Yeah. So it's like, like she's probably really into it. You could really clearly tell like, she's clearly. a film nerd from watching this. Every yeah. beat of it was hyper intentional. Yeah. And I like I feel way out of my depths just even identifying all of the influences because like clearly there's like there's French cinema elements mm. in there there's the spaghetti western there's I got some Italian cinema Fellini, vibes definitely. for sure there's like the part where she's rising up out of the water is very Bella Lugosi and mm. so like I, I'm, I'm like I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of all of, of the course. homages that she likely did with this but yeah definitely big time film nerd <laughs> I have a question for you guys yeah what so I feel like in the in the earliest sort of incarnations of the vampire movie vampires are always the monster they're always the villain but like not as, always 
I feel like in the early days. Oh, in the early yeah. days. Okay. And so like as we've gotten later in the genre, they are sometimes like the celebrated anti-heroes. Mm-hmm. Like in your Twilights or characters in Buffy or mm-hmm. like this. Like she's sort of like the superhero. I I won't say she's a superhero. She's pretty ambiguous. She's an anti-hero. Like, she's like an anti-hero. Because I don't I don't <laughs> I don't necessarily think of her as good. Like she said, like, I've done a lot of bad things. I think she tries to stick to a certain code and, like, sticks to it most of the time. Yeah, like a Dexter kind of situation. Yes. I feel like she's, like, punishing people who the audience might be like, yeah, that person should die. I mean, like, the homeless person. Yeah, that part was. Like, I just don't think her threatening the child still bothered me. Like, I I was happy she let him live, and I think she wanted to, like, ingrain, don't become a bad fucking man because I will kill you. But, like, also, you're traumatizing a child, so, like, ugh. Yeah. Um, So, like, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, good i think she's just ambiguously neutral but like there's um she reminded me of the girl um or well if you're looking at the american or swedish one it's different but uh the one of let the right one in Mm. like that's why it kind of reminded me of because that's also ambiguous like you have a person you know that one actually was more on the evil side but you have a person that you want to defend and you will defend yeah. them no matter what mm-hmm. <laughs> and things like that. But it was a different take than we're used to if vampires humanizing of them. But yeah. Well, I, still not the love interest most. I mean, in this one, we had a love interest, though. When we started doing the Buffy podcast, I was reading a little bit more about the genesis of vampires and vampires in media. And part of what they consciously they started out with in Buffy, but they consciously changed is vampires are used as a metaphor for vice, mm. for human vice. So they encapsulate all aspects of like, like the the seven deadly sins, right? Mm. They're like, they live in excess and they're, you know, they, they gorge on blood gluttonously and they're sexually provocative and I could blah, blah, that. blah. Okay. So they're, they're, they're living out this, like this separate examined set of our vices. And that's one way that they're traditionally treated. Whereas if you humanize them and make them round characters then you can play a lot more with the ambiguity of like, are they good? Are they bad? Is anyone good or bad? Right. Do we, I think it just depends on the world building for that particular movie or book or graphic novel or whatever you're reading where like, do heroes and villains exist or is it simply shades of gray? I mean, I always prefer Shades of Grey because, yeah. like, obviously, it's it's rather dull to me if you're like a perfect I like form shades, of something. I like Shades of Grey as long as it's not up to Fifty Shades of Grey. I was about to. <laughs> see I like forty nine we and shades no more. Of gray on it. <laughs> no more. That's where I cap it. Yeah. All right, I saw that second one. I am definitely not going to watch the third one. But oh, I'll watch it. But. I won't enjoy I'll it. watch it if I go on your <laughs> podcast, but that's it. I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to hate watch it. Yeah, hate I watch. I mean, it was fun drunkenly I, watching it. It's I've just... also gotten this far. Like, I've already invested two <laughs> movies. I'm going to see it. I do want to see it. what the crazy boss is going to do. Spoilers. Whatever. <laughs> if you need a spoiler alert for Kravitz, Jack, you should Sorry. Jack, villainous last name. I forget <laughs> already what his last name was. It just Heckle. sounded sinister. Heckle. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Let's In not back on let's the topic. not tangent off into Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. Although it's somewhat relevant to the vampire genre because Fifty Shades of Grey is fan fiction of right. Twilight. He's kind of a vampire without teeth, and he's like a seductive succubus sort of power. <laughs> I don't know. Let's move on. So anyway. <laughs> Okay. Trivia. Hit me yeah. with that. I have some Hit trivia. me with that sweet, sweet trivia, Kate. All right. So the director, Anna Lily, looks um, a somewhat similar resemblance to Sheila Van, the girl, actually hmm. performed the skateboarding sequences in the film for the long shots because she is a lifelong skateboarder. Get out! Yeah, I thought that was well, really that's cool. That's delightful. Also, that like for a movie as weird as this. That's probably the weirdest moment for me. When she does the long shot of the skateboarding. <laughs> I loved with, it so much. Yeah, with the, with the Chador slash vampire cape just billowing That's behind her. That's why it reminded me of Frances Ha, because we have just scenes of her like dancing around the city and gotcha. stuff like that. So it's like mm. women just doing their own thing in city. You, <laughs> like her. you do you. Mm-hmm. Um, the cat was not originally written in the script, but... Amapur was so impressed by his skills that she put him in the film. I like that the cat Mizuka, they had like a credit for him at the end, and I was so happy. I was like, the cat gets his own credit. Wait, he was in the whole film. What? So this cat just got discovered? I guess (laughs) he was. I mean, he seemed very well behaved. Like, I didn't even comment on that. I was like, wait, so you (laughs) just found this cat, and this cat is this well behaved? Because he kind of just found the cat, right? Or like he find, in the opening scene, he he, he just he finds he picks the, cat up the cat and in this takes abandoned building, and but the cat is key to the plot at the end because the cat is how he knows that sh- that the yeah. girl was involved with his father's death. Yeah, yeah. So how did that? Okay, so there must have been some kind of rewrite, even if he wasn't included sure. in the original. That cat kept making me think of Thanos, too. Didn't you he think that looks cat looks like Thanos? a lot like Thanos, and that's why I was having some panic attacks almost during this film, certain some scenes. I'm like, do not hurt the cat. Do not hurt the cat. Because yeah. like the pimp oh, seemed like he was going to hurt the cat. When he was, I was like, worried about that, too, about, actually. I'm like, if you drop or do something to that cat, I am I'm done. I'm upset. <laughs> like, we, don't do it. Can we include a picture of Thanos in the Facebook post of this yes. episode? Okay. okay. Thank you. He he looks like Thanos. We can do a side like, by side. Not, yeah. Like the eyes and the way. And then when the father was going through his withdrawal sequences, I was like, mm. I yeah, this poor cat. He's just uh, the witness. Like the cat's just like there, just like, oh. like I'm not your dead wife, bro. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. And then he was like, I don't even want the cat anymore. And I'm like, dude, no, you want this cat? Don't leave him with your father. I don't know. I was I was praying for the cat the whole time. And I don't even pray, so. <laughs> but what's the other thing? Uh, the director appears in the film playing Shireen, the girl with the skeleton makeup shirt at the party. Ooh. Although called Shireen in the party scene, in the credits she is listed as skeleton party girl. That's awesome. Um, is there anything else on here? So the person, the company she teamed up with was Radco to develop the series of graphic novels to accompany the film. Cool. And the film was shot in only 24 days. Wow. I know. That's super impressive. At the beginning of the film, the character says he worked 2,191 days in order to earn the money to buy his car, including one leap year that is exactly six years. Wow. The word vampire is not used once in the film, but Dracula is. Interesting. And the vampire story is the thirst to be set in a Middle Eastern setting. So I think that's why Very it's cool. so important to like, 
even though it's shot in California, this Man. is very much supposed to be a Middle Eastern film. What if they? What if this film inspired just like a shitload of Iranian horror movies in Iran by Iranian filmmakers? I'm that would, I would woman. be here for that. I want woman. Yeah. I'm awesome. so into like I've gotten definitely I don't know if it's the time we're living in or what but I've gotten very into horror recently and like all the different <laughs> levels of horror though yeah. I don't know what you're talking about what would our current political climate have to do with you like feeling like you're living in a horror movie but yeah. like people she think said sarcastically could... <laughs> I mean people Slash could S. say like this isn't even really a horror but that's the thing about horror I think mm. there's so many different levels of yeah, horror like shades of gray you can't say horror. like one thing is just horror that's why yeah. i like yeah horror. there's, if there's so a monster many... eating people then it's horror even if yeah. it doesn't but there's you. like psychological horror there's the horror you live with in yourself like babadook and things like yeah. that and like yeah. so well and there's there's plenty of existential horror there's like a, yeah. i would there's piles of existential horror in this like i was getting all these like Werner herzog vibes mm. when there's that mm. scene with the fucking balloon yeah the balloon yeah. scene where yeah. I'm just like, ah. That is the part that reminded me most of the Bad Batch. Mm. Like, there's a lot of just weird stuff in the Bad Batch where it's like, what are you doing? The balloon <laughs> scene was interesting, but I did, I, yeah, it was just one of those things that reminded me the most of, like, Lynch just, like, doing a thing to do a thing. Yeah. But it was pretty. But I couldn't fit any tie to it with anything It was else. haunting, though. Like, yeah. I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> anyway... So of the many posters the girl has, uh, three are instantly recognizable from the albums Music of the Bee Gees, Michael Jackson's Thriller, and Madonna's Thirst album. Oh, Interesting. They One of the other um, descriptions I read about this was, so they not only incorporate and bend a bunch of genres, but it also exists out of a specific time because certain elements look specific. Are, are specifically evoking certain decades, mm-hmm. but it's all kind of mashed up. So he's driving this, like, he's got this, he, the main character, what's his name? Um, Was it Arash? Arash, yes, yeah. thank you. Arash has this James Dean kind of thing, mm. like 1950s, and he has, the, he's driving the Thunderbird. But then the girl, the vampire, is dressing more like the 60s, but then mm-hmm. she's got all this she has a 80s very, like, stuff up in her room. look to her with, like, her eye makeup and stuff. and Yeah, yeah. and, like, the... But in, the, like, like, striped shirt. Fr- kind of French art It house. was, like, French, yeah. Yeah. The main dude was adorable. Like, I don't know. When we meet him and he's just, like... Well, we follow him for a lot, but when he's just staring at the light and she comes up to He's like, I'm lost. (laughs) And on E. (laughs) Help me, please. Where are we? We're in Bad City. No, they weren't in the Bad City. He was trying to find the Bad City. No, I thought they were in Bad City. That's a whole... They're all in the same city. Oh, well, they were, but he was saying, like, I don't know where I am. He was like, I'm from Bad City. I know he was on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) That that rich lady peer pressured him into taking. I know. I didn't like that. There was a lot of, like... Peer pressure? Didn't, like... Ignoring uncomfortable, uncomfortable drug pushing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, when he, like... Yeah. I don't yeah. know if we should do that. Well, should we, should we... just do should we just, stuff? Yeah. yeah, roll into it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, opening scene, um, he's, like, all James Deany. Yes, I see Leaning that. and smoking, and he finds the cat. 
Um, and then he walks past the ditch of bodies. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. I wonder if that's a metaphor for something. I don't know. <laughs> You're no help. <laughs> Those bodies might have meant something. Oh my god. What is that what is that supposed to be a commentary on? I, I miss, didn't come across anything I when like, I was reading about really it. Really honest. Yeah. I missed the bodies. What? Oh. I missed the body shot. Yeah. I was a little distracted in the beginning I mean, and I missed the body shot. Yeah, it didn't fa- It come must in. have not lingered on it. It's like I, yeah. I missed it. But it also like They come back to it several times though. When? Oh, after the um the drug dealer dies, he he pays that dude to dump, like wrap him up and dump him into the ditch oh, of bodies. Yes. Okay, I saw. So that he part. walks past that ditch of bodies, okay. super casually in the opening shot okay. too. Okay, all right. Yeah, I wondered when I first saw it. Oh, they're aware that there's monsters. Yeah. yeah. Or but that's not the case. There's going to be war elements, maybe. Like, why maybe. is everyone so chill about just and, bodies laying out in the open and like, in a mass grave and like m- mafia elements? Yeah, like it's just a lawless society in bad. It's city. supposed to be a lawless society. Uh, maybe that's what it's supposed to. That's that's the trigger is the lawless society. But like open graves just makes me think of like wartime. Yeah. And- yeah. Also. Yeah, there's just so much like vampire shit happening. Like, yeah, it might be a drug thing too. Like in the counselor, there's mm-hmm. a scene very similar to that. Oh yeah, like if this is where we put our people who OD Ye- or something. Yeah, or like people that get snuffed. Yeah, and they like they dump poor decapitated Penelope Cruz into a ditch with other. Like it's basically just a garbage ditch, but there are clearly like other bodies down there also and like no one cares yeah so yeah, i mean i was thinking the drug problem probably was pretty prevalent in this bad city yeah i don't know it it instantly made me very uncomfortable though so to, I, I think you know again her being hyper intentional about everything i don't know exactly what she was trying to convey with that but it i know how it made me feel going yeah. into this movie that i was already nervous about watching because i'm such a wimp when it comes to horror movies <laughs> it also makes me think of the did you guys see synecdoche new york Yes. No. Okay. Hoffman. There's a, a scene. It's it's very like strange and surreal and absurd, but like funny and weird. And like there's a scene where a woman is like buying a house and she gets a discount on her house because it is constantly on fire. Like <laughs> it is on fire at the house showing. And she's like, all right, well, as long as I get a discount. And so like when I when I see the, the open grave, I'm like, all right, well, this is our. This is the part of town where all the the bodies are that we just don't talk about, and I don't know, like sort of just like a weird thing. Yeah, know. there's just some sort of level of cultural complicity to right. to horror. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I buy that. Uh, and then he walks in on his dad, who. Uh, is- oh, but before that, we see the little boy, which so the little boy was with him and. He, I mean, he's Do they in the have film. an interaction? Yeah, he asks him, like, oh, can I have money? money? Yeah. And he's oh. like, I don't have any money. You need to stop bothering me for this. And he's like, how do you not have money when you have this nice of a car? Okay. And he's like, because I works." The only reason I'm bringing that back up is because that little boy, like, plays a part later on, you know? Yeah. 
He's around. He's around. He's a, he's a dude. That's <clears throat> well, and they introduce how important the car is to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Which establishes the that. The whole car thing and the earrings thing turns out to be kind of a red herring. Yeah. Like it's not actually, it doesn't actually drive the plot. Right. Really. No. But. It just was something that upset him at the time very hard. And yeah. And the earrings was supposed to get to it, but it just was something he could use in a different fashion later. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, so we go to his house. His dad is is shooting heroin between his toes, which is also makes me feel very uncomfortable to like yes. watch this slow, prolonged artsy black and white. Hardcore. Yeah, um, that actor I don't know the guy's name, but I he looked familiar to me. And then when I heard his voice, I was like, "Oh, I know this dude." What's he from? He's Ranjit in How I Met Your Mother. Oh. What? Yeah. Wow. The limo driver. That's so funny. Oh, you would know that because you're such a How I Met Your yeah, Mother fan. Yeah, I mean, fan, he's, he, is a key, he's one of the he's most He's a key part in beloved. How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, he's adorable. I don't know it. if he's key, but like, he's just one of the most beloved, reoccurring. He's like a really fun side character. Side characters. Yeah, like him, Carl, the bartender. Like, there's not, well, there's He is a the catalyst to many things that happen in the show. Yeah. 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 And he's in the first episode and i think maybe the last episode too but anyway it was really weird to see ranjit uh shooting heroin between his toes it made me uncomfortable um but yeah and then like the 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 saeed guy um the uh the drug dealer pops in next right like he takes the car right away why i thought it was interesting that his neck tattoos as sex but like everything else in the movie is in Farsi, but yeah, why is sex written in English? Any of his other tattoos. I didn't even notice the sex tattoo for a bit either. And then Justin's like, he oh. has sex across his neck. And I'm like, yeah, he does. I, Maybe. I, I, I was too distracted <laughs> by his face for some reason and like figuring out if I knew the dude from something. Maybe that I was, was missing a, a lot of key things. Maybe that right. was a tattoo the actor really has. Wow. <laughs> Bold move. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, dude, okay. So that guy, I don't know. know. Pretty, pretty, pretty good villain. Pretty good villain. It's so funny when we see him in his apartment and he's just like lifting weights in front of him. Right. (laughs) Thirsty does a few lines of coke. I brought you home and and I'm going to lift these weights. I'm going to do my coke real quick without like, and then I'm going to lift these weights and then I'm going to do a sexy dance. Sexy dance and like lift my shirt up for you. You know, just just my home home stuff. And the whole aesthetic of his home too was killing me. Oh yeah, like, like tiger like tiger skin rugs and, and then the insane. like the heads the like deer heads uh-huh. and then there was like a giant cannabis plant like yeah. and i was when like, he's lifting weights it looks like he's he's making eye contact with her oh yeah but the way it's shot it looks like he's making eye contact with the deer Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like his regular routine, right? Like, he just looks at the deer and does that while he did. Maybe it's, I don't know if it's his daily routine or if it's just his seduction routine. We They don't clarify. He never talks to her either, right? Am I crazy? There's never any dialogue. No, he says, like, come, come or, here. Okay, she never speaks to him then. No. He, he she, says she, a few she never words says to one her. word to him. They I don't, no, don't have an exchange. No. But like she little mermaids him. This was so 
crazy to me. There's a whole Garfunkel and Oates episode about this, about how like the le- like the less you talk, the, the more less men you talk, the more the more men like you. And so one of the I, I, f- I think it's the Garfunkel one, um, the blonde, but for for Garfunkel and Oates, the blonde one. Mm-hmm. She does this experiment where she go- sees how long she can go without speaking at all to the guy. And, like, they make it several weeks, and he, like, <laughs> falls in love with her because he thinks she's an orphan. And what? Yeah, That's but so they, they call it Little Mermaiding. And I was like, there she's Little Mermaiding him, and he's, like, cap- he's falling in love with yeah. her. She he's taking her home. Him. But, so, that did go in a different place than I expected in the beginning, because I expected... The guy to try to take advantage of the woman and then like it's turned on him. But like she 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 followed him and it was clear. And yeah. then he's like, come follow me. And then she did. So it wasn't just like he was pursuing her. He wasn't like he 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 did t- like. Oh, yeah. The, she was following him. Yeah. I mean, the scene right bef- that that is right before this is the with scene the with the sex worker, not prostitute sex worker in the car. What's her name? Um, Ati? Ati. I'm not positive. I think it's Ati, but, um, that actually is an actress from, um, House of Cards. She's a journalist in the press corps. Oh, yeah. The girl has a lot of actual things on her filmography. She's been out a lot recently. Yeah. Um, but they're in the car and he's exploiting her. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's the worst. I hope he dies. And then he does. I mean, I want <laughs> him to die in his small exchange between, like, the uh, son and his father, where he's, like, clearly got him on drugs and now he's taking advantage of it for all of its worth. Yeah. And, like, in, a, in a way, he is a vampire. Like, oh. that is what I think of as a vampire. He's really. Oh, vampire. yeah, because you can be vampires in those ways, like emotional vampires yeah. or vampires mm-hmm. like that. He's just sucking off all their sucking resources. Sucking them dry. Seducing them with, like, pleasure. Yeah. The whole thing with him or with her popping up, though, in certain scenes, yeah. like, she pops up, he sees her at the, the car, and then he looks up again and she's gone, and that's how she kind of pops up again. That feels very... Like it's standard vampire representation, mm. so that definitely gave me vampire feels. Yeah. Whereas a lot of other parts of this did not. Even in the scene where she actually kills him. Well, that's the I think most brutal scene in the movie. Like Justin was watching nearby, and he like happened to see that scene. He was uh, like, "Oh, the aesthetic of this is really interesting." I'm like, "I know," and he's like, "Has anything really happened?" I'm like, "Not much. We're just kind of following it, and it's it's pretty so far, but." She hasn't really done much, and then that happened, and I was like, oh, oh, oh well, that, and then it's a slow build. he asked later, he's like, oh, that was, that was a lot, that was traumatizing, yeah. and then asked later, I'm like, y- you literally saw the most traumatizing thing, like, there's not much else in this that goes that far, even the scene later No, do it's, that. you don't really see blood's blood no. any other time, That is really. the most violent of the scenes. I was, I was okay with it up I got until... a little worried for you in that scene. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was okay with it. I didn't have to watch it through the finger screen. Oh, phrasing for this scene in particular. But like, I, you oh, know, like oh, watching oh, it from oh. behind hands. I was okay with it up until the point where she put the severed finger back into his mouth. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I did not do with that. Because I could even handle, I was just like, I was 
like squicked out when she was started sucking on his finger and I'm like I don't have no idea how this is going to play I out. I loved that she did that because the woman had done that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, so she knew kind of how to play him. Mm-hmm. And even when she bit it off, I was like, well, this is gross, but this isn't pushing me past my limits. But then after, but then when she like made him, when she was like, boop, and like made him <laughs> oh my God. put the finger yeah. in his mouth, that and was I was like, what? Yeah. yeah, I, 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 I'm, I was happy she killed him quickly after that because I was like, <laughs> yeah. please, please do not linger on him <laughs> eating or having his own finger near him. I can't do it for long, please. Yeah. Okay, so I don't want to admit my ignorance here, but to be a better person, you should admit your ignorance and stuff. Um, so, and it's probably an important conversation. Can you talk a little bit about what the difference between prostitution and sex worker is? Because I thought prostitute could be consensual, too. I didn't think it was a negative term. Do you consider it a negative term? Uh, yes. Okay. I never have considered it a negative term, but that could be my ignorance completely. I don't know the... Ex- I, I, I can't speak knowledgeably about the exact definition of... Like, or, th- like, the exact kind of yeah. categorization between the two. I just know that I've been, like, trained through sensitivity trainings and, like, talking to counselors that um, sex worker that prostitutes not politically correct okay and sex worker is politically correct i never knew that so i isn't okay so because i thought if someone can like chose to be i just i thought as long as you didn't use it in a you know to right uh, so don't to make fun of sex yeah. workers obviously or demean them it's their choice it's consensual but i didn't know that could be a bad word choice so correct me if i'm wrong but okay so like Sex work in general can be a lot of things, a wide in variety human, of including things. like being a cam girl. Like that is sex work. Would you be considered a sex worker if you are doing that? That has no. You never meet the person in person. You don't have sex with them. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like I, that I would think be a that's sex a worker. Wide variety. So is to differentiate. Because I don't I've think escort is bad. To themselves as escort. I, I think don't know. I think no. escort is okay, but it also doesn't necessarily like you. They are also still choosing whether or not they. Have I sex mean, with consensual person. relations is the most important thing. I just looked up between like just a quick thing because I got embarrassed real quick and. Pushed. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't no, mean to be I'm like not, stern. No, but then I was like, I, no, but then I was like, I should bring this up because this is actually an interesting conversation, anyways. And if I don't know about it, other people, probably yeah, don't exactly. <laughs> we'll ask. I'll ask Mindy. Yeah, She'll I was know. Just like, it was just a conversation that I was thinking about because I'm like, I honestly am ignorant on this and I would like to not be, so. Um, so, okay. Dude is dead. That's good. Because <laughs> yeah. that dude sucked. Uh, but he did have, like, I mean, they did a good job. He was charismatic in an evil, evil way. Like, I disliked him greatly, but I also was like, what the fuck is going yeah. on with you? You have so much going on. A lot of things. A lot of things. And like he wasn't a, apparently a agreement with um, Ati, but then they, uh, he was like backing out of the agreement and just tried to get her to like. Well, see, so here's my, here's the thing yeah. that I thought. Okay. So similar to your like, where you're like, what's the difference between prostitute and sex worker? I know it's I know we're supposed to say sex worker, but like he is, he is listed in descriptions of this movie as the pimp. Yeah, I saw and that. I don't know if if pimp is a politically correct term. I I 
watching that, I was just like, I don't know if we can say that or not. Um, and I don't know, like, what the difference would be between pimp and, like, would he just also be a sex worker if they work in this business where, like, clearly that's the relationship where... He seems to take advantage. But, like, yeah, not all, not yeah. all like, colleagues in sex work yeah. do take advantage of each other, but certainly some do. And this was yeah. a case where, like, he was telling her... He had the light. upper hand and he was taking advantage, clearly. Also, she did not look like she wanted to give him that blowjob. Nope. That seemed like it was a forced situation. The and it was really gross. almost seemed like she did but then I think it was, was it just, it was kind of ambiguous that was ambiguous to me but then afterward he does that thing where don't you want children yeah what was that old? Uh, and like i think that was just her feminist commentary of being like this guy's the biggest girls don't assume women want children don't call them a hag because they're 30 and like right. Also, what was his point even? His point was to shame her because he thought she was old and to get her, like, just to use things that he knew he could manipulate her with, I guess. I mean, it's not like there was a real point. I think it was just, like, words he knew he could, like, things to drive at her. Or Mm. in his head, he thought he could drive at her about, like, oh, this woman must feel bad that she doesn't have children and must feel bad that she doesn't have a husband or whatever. But that's in his head, obviously. But she just, he's just trying to psychologically terrorize her so that she's easier to take advantage of? Like, does he not keeps seem, stealing from her? Does not seem like a thing he wouldn't do. I mean, <laughs> fair. Fair, fair, fair. How do you feel... Okay, so we're all on the same page about, about cheering when he gets eaten. Yes. How did you feel when the dad gets eaten? I was for it. I was too. He tied her up when she was saying no, no, no. Yeah. Stuck her with drugs. That was horrifying. Her when he wrapped his belt nope, around her nope, wrists. Nope. Nope. <laughs> like, oh my it was god. Interesting I was like, I'm sorry. This is your dad, but like, nah. He fucker has yeah. passed the fucking line. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, if, if when they first introduced that character, I was like, okay, so this is a complicated uh, representation of an addict and mm-hmm. addiction, and yeah. so we, you know, like for them, it's normal. And but then it was like, oh no, he turned, and now he's a bad guy. Yeah, addiction is extraordinarily powerful in like he is going through heavy withdrawals. Like I don't I I don't know if he would do this in his cognitive mind. I'm not going to say, but like it, it Well, I think what's dri- what's driving him to like assault her is cuz they have that they kind of layer it with that other scene of him following her saying "Can't we talk? I just want to get to know He's you." Super lonely. And she's like, "Fuck off." Cuz like they I, I mostly know this because I had to read a bunch of articles to understand what was going on in this movie. Um, but, like, the wife has died. Yeah, you keep seeing the images of yeah, the wife. Yeah, there's images of her. But, like, he's sad because his wife has died. And yes. so he wants a companion. Yeah, he's lonely. But, like, you can't just force a woman to be your woman. companion. He's He's doing it by proxy, by paying a sex worker. But, like, that's not enough intimacy for him, for him. And when she refuses him, he just assaults her. And not and only physically to, assaults her, but, like, injects her with fucking he heroin. He injects her with heroin. Yeah. Like, like, when that scene happened, I'm like, this isn't because you're an addict. This is because you're a misogynist asshole. Yeah, and you, you like, think that this person is just, like, you're a Barbie doll. Yeah. And I, I think that goes to a common thing in, you know... All a lot of cultures where like sex workers are disposable or like not human or exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I think 
like a lot of this film, I think deals with loneliness. I mean, I think the girl's lonely too. They comment on that. Oh a bit. yeah, and then like. So, I mean, mostly a lot of this movie's people walking by themselves mm-hmm. and you're going to a place like, I don't know, it's just kind of, it made me feel like weird. <laughs> like, I mean, very somber, it was very void quiet. and uh, much. And then we had the backgrounds and the backgrounds didn't have much. They were pretty desolate. Mm-hmm. A lot of industrial things. So yeah. I saw that. I didn't know if that was a note on anything, but... And then that, I also made a note about that TV advertisement. So, like, in the beginning, beginning, we oh, see yeah. that TV advertisement. It reminded me very much of Requiem for a Dream because there's off the dude's doing drugs. And then the TV advertisement seems like it's definitely getting at some kind of point. But it was just saying about, like, men buying, I mean, leaving women alone and these things happen. And it... it it was very somber. Like I, I kind of tuned out for that TV thing. I like missed it. Totally. It brought it back. It did it again. So the t- okay, it was the t- like for 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 very little actually happening. There's so much going on. In this yeah, I, yeah, I wrote that the TV advertisement keeps appearing. It, it appeared at least twice. Where in the beginning it was the same guy, and then either when she was at the pimps or. When she was at another place, it was on again. And it was just talking about, like, what if you're left alone? And oh, stuff God. like, because in the beginning, it's like, woman, you're, you know, your men might leave you or they might do this. And it's like, this is clearly a <laughs> comment on, like, women's positions. Yeah. So, and how everyone views them around her. <laughs> but it's also showing that, like, I mean, to go against that, the girl clearly has the most control, and Mm -hmm. then Adi does too, so. Yeah, I mean, she is fine, and, like, she survives and is resourceful in the end. Mm -hmm. It's, like, very a horror trope, where the victimized woman is actually one of the strongest characters, survives, outsmarts people, takes care of herself. Like, that's why, I mean, you have talked about this many times about why horror is inherently, can inherently be an extremely feminist genre. Especially recently, we've had a lot of really good feminist horror, but, and also horror, typically women have more roles and more speaking roles specifically. Oh, I I saw that too. There's a lot more representation in horror for women. Well, so you didn't like this scene where she traumatizes the little boy. I felt upset by it a little bit. Which is, now that you say that. I'm, I'm like, a terrible person and that's that's very fair. But I liked that scene because it's such a reversal for me to think like as a little girl growing up, there's all these external forces that scare the shit out of you constantly yes. and say, you have to be a good girl yes. or bad things will happen to you. And so, so the opposite women that. grow up fearing everything and always having to be like paranoid and protective of themselves and it influences their behavior meanwhile like monsters run around without check so it's such an interesting idea to me that like what if instead of young women being terrorized to be a good girl young men were terrorized to like be a good boy aka like don't grow up to be horrible and abuse people like I mean, I think a lot of young men are terrorized, too, just in a different way, where it's, like, to be, like, a man is the harsh rhetoric men get that is, like, 
definitely very fucking toxic so as they is, get older. This is sort of a subversion of that, which is good. Yeah, I think, she doesn't say be a man. She says right. like be yeah, a good be boy. A good, yeah. Like it's it's a different kind of rhetoric. It's but. not better though. Like no. you said, it's still like traumatizing well, a kid. I was just thinking that kid's <laughs> fucked. Like that right. kid yeah, is like, fucked why now. Does all it has to be about violence. I think that it's you know? that it's, kid is now traumatized. It is, it is. It is perhaps not okay to do that in real life, but it is okay to explore that in a horror movie. <laughs> perhaps yeah. not. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I would, but <laughs> I was, yeah. I mean, okay. So when the kid thing was happening, I was just like paranoid because I was like, nah, you can't go after the fucking children. Like, all right, this is about going after evil men. Don't go after the fucking children. Leave the children alone. They haven't had the chance yet. But so, now he will be a good man because he knows the consequences. Or he'll be locked in a room Maybe. for the rest of his life because he Maybe. can't interact with but people. But at least he won't hurt anyone then. <laughs> Let's sit in silence as we weigh the implications. <laughs> Speaking of being locked in a room, did either of you get serious like Winona Ryder girl interrupted vibes off of the vampire chick? Now that you mention it. In the very first scene when they introduce her, I was yes. like, that looks mm. exactly like Winona Ryder. Yes. She looks exactly like Winona Ryder. Yeah, she's like a goth princess kind of look yeah. to her that I, I, I'm in love with. Yeah. So, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're my type. But yeah, like, yeah, her whole aesthetic greatly appealed to me, obviously. So. Mm. Um, and her hair was adorable. She was so yeah. She's she been in a lot so of things. So good hair. Um, so good in. hair. So like not much I've actually watched, but she's been working very consistently. Oh. She was in Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Oh, okay. The XX, which is like this series on Netflix, which is all films horror for horrors written and filmed by women. I I hear they're kind of hit or miss, but one, I do want to watch them. One of them of one of them was directed by Annie Clark, aka Saint Vincent. <gasps> really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. One was also, yeah, I think one was directed by the person that did the invitation. Or yeah. So, and then Red Tent. I'm not sure what Red Tent is, but Don't she's know. been in 24. She's been in 24 Legacy. Is that a different 24 show? Yeah, I think they have a spinoff now. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's been working consistently. I would like to see her in other things. I liked the look of her a lot. Yeah. And she was very good in this. She emotes a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tons. Like, even just the last scene at the end, which is, like, I don't know. Did you did that remind you of The Graduate, where they're just looking mm. at each other? <laughs> okay, so what was going on towards that last scene? Because, like, why did he get out of the car and stuff? I think he was weighing his options. He's like, do I yeah, really want to Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, too. With this, this, this woman who killed my dad. Yeah. And then ultimately, he's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Well, Let's do that. it. I wasn't sure if it was like a trap for her or not. I'm happy he didn't Mm -hmm. do that. Um, An interesting thing, not to go back to the Bad Batch, but like I feel like similar things happen in that too, where it's like, well, do I choose this like monster person or (laughs) do I go off with him in the sunset type of thing? Like, Mm -hmm. it's an a theme they explore. I mean, I thought one of the sweetest moments were when they were talking about how they both done bad things mm-hmm. like i really liked that conversation mm. i liked that whole moment and when he's like um there's something about sad music mm-hmm. and they're just sitting as like by the car they had good chemistry they really they were did. really cute together and then he uh pierces her ears yeah <laughs> it's like oh my god don't Weird. pierce your ears that way at all mm. but like 
I, it was romantic still, but like, yeah, don't yeah. do that. Um, yeah, I was rooting for that guy to not turn evil because I did really like him. Even though, I mean, selling drugs afterwards and seeing what it did to your dad was a little, like, obviously not mm. a total good guy move. But And stealing earrings. Yeah. And mm. then not giving them back, just giving them to your girlfriend, <laughs> to your stranger girlfriend. They didn't hadn't known each other very much or with any kind of depth before he was like, pack a bag and leave town with me. <laughs> right. So, yeah. but it's like, I don't know, hashtag movie. movie yeah. Hashtag. I mean, movie it's props. that movie thing where you fall in love with someone instantaneously. I love you. But yeah, they were both just like lost in their own way. Yeah. yeah. They related. And he was they not like, he was not like all of the though. other assholes in Bad City. He yeah. was compassionate and... I mean, he was the ingenue. Because early in his life, someone scared him a little bit, just enough, <laughs> to teach him to be a good boy. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it was her. And this is, now he's yeah, grown up to be a good boy. She's <laughs> and now she's profiting off of it. She's immortal. Yeah. Well, we don't know. I don't no, know all the rules of the vampires. and Because she pops up during the daytime, right? Yeah. She walks around during the there's day. Like different so there's oh, different fuck, vampire rules. That is an interesting thing about the vampire oh, genre is that they redo the rules every time they yeah. tell a story. Yeah, that's why it's always actually pretty interesting to like look at different vampire films and how they tackle the lore legacy. But like, so vampires are a thing in this place though because they went to like a vampire party. Yeah, he oh, said yeah. I'm Dracula. Yeah, like they never say the word vampire but they say the word Dracula, like the I'm name Dracula. Dracula and like that seemed like a goth vampire Yeah, and party. there was a skeleton. I want to go to that lady. party. It looked like a fun party. Yeah. I was thinking for my birthday I want to do a murder party where you could dress as your favorite murderer. Oh, yeah. That's why I was asking about female murders That yesterday. was so funny. And, and I, then yeah. someone was like right on it and she's like, I don't think murdering is empowering. I'm like, I don't either. I just want to know about female murderers. I'm not saying right. go murder someone. Don't. Yeah. But like... I, don't murder. Yeah. Don't. Don't murder. Yes. Please. Yeah. If you're listening... We don't endorse killing, guys. Don't, don't murder. murder. Okay. Here's I like a, hearing about it, but I don't want you to do it. Yeah, here's a question for you. If you were Arash, would you have gotten back into the car? Like, what would you have chosen? I, I just don't even think I can answer that question because it's, like, so far... That's, that's hard. Because, like, to know... It's not about real life. <laughs> yeah, it's that... Just a, like, it's just a character study. And he doesn't <laughs> even know, like, the full story of right. what happened with the father. But maybe like, if he, he's like, well, I know that my dad was has deteriorating the and was being this kind of person. I mean, I do think it seemed mostly, like, the drugs I more mean, so than him, but, like... But also, I like, think, I, I don't know. Maybe, That's a thing I can't tell. We'll never maybe know. they'll just have a conversation about what their needs are, and he will be like, I just need to know that you won't kill me, <laughs> and I promise I won't kill you, type of conversation. Yeah. I mean, that would, any, literally any conversation, literally any conversation. <laughs> needs to happen between them since there's almost no dialogue whatsoever in this yeah. Since they barely movie, talked at all. Um, I actually, Bobby had come over while I was finishing the last 10 minutes of this movie. And um, I made the comment to him that uh, Arash is Tracy Chapmaning. Oh, yes. <laughs> we got a fast car. <laughs> fast enough that we can drive away. Because, like, that's <laughs> the whole narrative of that song is she has an alcoholic father that... The body's too old to look like his. No, too young to... Yeah. 
she he, she's stuck in this one horse town because she has to care for her alcoholic father, and then eventually she's like, "Fuck it, let's get in this car and drive let's away." Let's get in this fast and car, and then and then away. the person she's talking to also like just gets a job. And then is stuck in poverty again, and she's like, "Well, fuck! What do I do now? Like, you can you can take your fast car and keep on driving." And it's like, "Oh, fuck!" That um, happens in that song. Yeah, sticks through the end. <laughs> yeah, man, he's like, really listen to that song. You don't uh, see your kids. I don't know. Oh, there's some shit that goes fuck. down. Not a fun karaoke song. Tell you what, <laughs> but <laughs> thanks for that warning. Noted. Yes. Yeah, I would morning. never ever attempt that song just because the unique voice. Like, it's, it's so like, I'm not, long, I'm, too. Oh, it's also very. Oh my long. god, it's learn long. the hard way. <laughs> Trying that in Iowa City, like, oh, I this is not. I should not do this. The music in this movie was so wonderful. So yeah. good. I want to listen to the soundtrack yeah. when I'm just working. The music like, is good in her next movie too. I feel like yeah. she should. She would have a very successful career as like a music video director. Mm. Like back in the MTV days when that was a mm-hmm. viable option. But. I mean, a lot of directors still do things like that. But I will. I do want her, even if her like next movie was like less successful to a lot of people. But it's like. This was her debut feature length. And if you yeah. put that kind of pressure on someone that all of your films have to be this amazing, it's just like, come on. Although I will say, so both of them were distributed by Vice or like were yeah, a Vice, Vice picture. And I looked at the, the math and like they made it on like so little money that like just by it's virtue of. profit. Yeah. Like they, mm. they like it exploded what they paid to make it. So like. Just by having it in a theater at all, people like they made back their money and then some. So I think that it was technically this financially successful. This movie got a lot of press at the time. I mean, I remember seeing quite a lot of things talking. I do about too, it. which is why it's kind of similar to you. It had always been on my list of movies I it's wanted been to on check out. Like a lot of lists about like underrated horrors or horrors to check out, like for things yeah. too. So. Is it streaming anywhere? I no. I was, was in a in hurry. It was on Netflix. Okay. I had to rent it off Amazon. Yeah, I rented it on Amazon. Too. I rented it on Vudu. Oh, the first uh, rental first is ten Vudu cents. Rental. Ooh. Really? Yeah. yeah, that's good. Nice. Well, I've already rented shit on there. I think. Sorry. <laughs> Bye. Um. So okay, let me ask you guys this. Okay. Do you feel that this movie is definitely worth like the 94 percent rotten tomatoes review like aggregate i look at rotten tomatoes far too much probably but i think it's so subjective but Mm -hmm. yeah i think so i mean i think it's extraordinarily interesting i don't think i've seen anything like it i think it's a bit slow for me at times but i don't mind it either i still really enjoyed it anna what do you think i struggle with this i'm gonna say yes because it was an incredible film, and it's beautiful and well done. Um, so I, I, I would say without hesitation, yes, it deserves to be watched and discussed and highly rated. Um, th- all that being said, I don't know if I would be in a hurry to watch it again. Would you I recommend really want it to? People? Yeah, I would recommend it with the caveat of like this isn't like a sit down with some popcorn and M and M's. It's a like a, pay attention a, a character study. Like yeah. it's a it's a weighty dark thought piece. Well, I, I don't see a lot of people like okay. There's totally different groups of people that for that this movie would 
before. Um, yeah. A lot of people want movies where a lot of shit happens. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want, like, the med- middle of that. And this is, like, the opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, it's a, like Anna said, like, a character say, like, it's it's a beautiful experience. And you just kind of go with it and see where it goes. And, right. like, I, I was engaged the whole time. But yeah. you have to be able to be someone who is able to, like, sit for a while with I was it. I, yeah. I don't generally love feeling that uncomfortable for <laughs> that long I was the 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 complete lack of dialogue is just like not for me sometimes I do like that a lot I like it yeah. depends I, I kind of feel the same way about this as I felt about moon oh, I'm yeah I'm glad oh. I watched it I would recommend it to people but I wouldn't I recommend it to everyone no there's certain people you know their yeah. film taste like I could totally know people that would be so annoyed by this film just because they were waiting too much and you get those kind of complaints and I think those kind of complaints are not it's just your sensibility because you can't complain that not too little happens in a film sometimes because it's actually nice to I think sometimes have a slice of life that's Mm -hmm. just like that's what it's supposed to do and it's something you've never seen yeah more than Oh, big thing happens. Big thing happens. Big thing happens. Right. Yeah. It's like, n- it's like it's less focused on a compelling storyline slash plot and more just like we're gonna be in this setting with these characters and see where they go. Yeah, and, it's a journey with these characters. Yeah. I always just also respect good world building. And yeah, she just knocked it out of the park. She also completely. does that. That was also the strongest part of the Bad Batch, where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, so we're just okay. Like there are rules in this world, and we're just gonna watch you break or you know mm-hmm. meet those rules types of thing yeah what about you bobby um i don't know that it's like a nine out of ten i would say maybe like a seven or an eight out of ten but like i still really liked the aesthetic of it like it's very style mm-hmm. and i like that like i don't know i think that there's something super iconic about the girl in the chador like in the shadows with her eyes looking yeah. at the camera it's just like mm-hmm. that is very iconic and like that should be on tattoos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Sometimes style over substance bothers me. Like, mm-hmm. but with this, it honestly really didn't ever. So yeah. I don't know. Like, cause it had enough substance to keep me going. And I, I think I was somewhat distracted by trying to figure out if this was actually an Iranian film or an American film. Yeah, like who's Farsi. this for? Yeah. What is the gaze and who is this for? Yeah. Were questions that aren't super obvious there's another movie um that i saw within the last year or two called mustang did you see this i've heard of it mm-hmm. it's a film it's filmed on an iphone isn't it uh i don't know it's about the trans woman right oh that's tangerine <sighs> that's oh, I was tangerine. Thinking of tangerine yeah, yeah. tangerine there were two movies that came out that year that i wanted to see yeah um it was but it's it's really interesting because like it's about these uh these, it's it's sort of like virgin suicides. Well, I don't want to go too much into it, but like, it's interesting because, um, it's I feel like it's for a French audience analyzing a, um, Algerian, like Muslim family, and mm-hmm. so I feel like there is like a French gaze where we're judging these customs, mm. and so like of course you know, but like meanwhile in the city where it's actually taking place like the people are like this isn't how it is here like it's not like that here so in a way like i felt i i'm comparing and contrasting in my mind like this film like 
I think this was, I think it, ideally she would want everyone to see it, right? Yeah. But like, I do think it's like an American audience. I think she probably knows that it's not a film for everyone. She seems pretty confident in her aesthetic and like, she's not, it, it doesn't seem like she's catering to like a very super broad audience. Yeah. True. Probably like other sort of cinephiles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's doing what she wants to do and it, she seems very successful at that. But I, if she wanted to do something that would be like broad appeal, I don't think we'd get this film. Right. Exa- yeah. I definitely agree. Well, I mean, do you have any other thoughts you want to add before we wrap up, Kate? I'm just looking through my notes, and I just made a note that the woman, like, Audie, didn't she, like, disappear when she saw her once, like, and then it seemed like she knew to, like, disappear when she saw her, but then I guess she has seen her following her for a while, and then maybe she... I'm just reading your notes. Yeah, my no well, they, the cat. They have an interaction towards the beginning <laughs> of the movie. The or no, when she the time when she takes her home, she says like, "Why are you following?" It was me? before that, so that like put light on it that she had seen that her okay. she was following her, She's but seen like her she around. had seen her, and then she just kind of went the other way. So mm-hmm. I was like. I just thought she was like intuitive to know to go away, but then yeah. the other scene shown light on it even though it seems like she wouldn't attack a woman it doesn't seem like that's one of her codes it seems like maybe some of the characters are are much more in tune with the danger like even the dad hossein he has that crazy interaction with her where she's mirroring him Mm -hmm. for no apparent reason and he finally freaks out and like runs away and so she doesn't chase after him yeah um, yeah, it's hard to know exactly what her code is because then she also attacks a helpless, a sleeping, homeless, homeless person. I think she just needs food as well. But well, yeah, but she couldn't go find another drug dealer. I would, I would hope that. So, well, I mean, that's like passing that's, judgment too. Like, not not <laughs> drug dealers aren't bad per se, but like this particular one, the neck tat. I mean, that guy was the worst. Clearly a bad dude. Yeah. 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 It it was almost like she was rolling her eyes at him at one point where like, oh my God, I can't believe how, how much this dude is. This dude is so much. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That he is. But then I was just thinking of the moment between the two characters and how he says like, would a big storm matter? Would it change anything? I was wondering what that was indicating as well. I didn't really know what I thought of that. I I honestly do want to really watch this movie again, like, because I missed the bodies in the beginning and things like that. I think it's, um, I think there, she took, even though it was shot in 24 days, it's incredibly well thought out, and, like, uh, all the shots have a lot to take in yeah. and, like, not miss. Yeah. So. Even in the opening sequence, they have another just quick shot of the woman... I believe she might be a trans woman even mm. in the headscarf that ends up dancing with the balloon later. I saw that, yeah. Like I'm not sure what the point is of having that so specifically included to have her in the opening shot and then have this solo scene with the balloon. Like you said, pretty fucking David Lynchian. Um, yeah, a lot of it reminded me of that kind of. Yeah, it would be interesting to get a full breakdown from um I mean, a lot of people could dismiss this kind of thing as just like, artsy for the sake of being artsy but I don't think it I I don't know I don't think it was I don't mind it I do like when filmmakers like take chances and you could do weird shit with film that doesn't fully make sense to me but I know what you're doing people fucking love Birdman 
And yeah. like, please, parts of that are definitely artsy to be artsy. Yeah. Right? Oh, Birdman's but I still totally liked it. Artsy. I still I mean, liked it. I liked it. it a lot, but Birdman's totally artsy. It's, it's so funny because I still watched Spider Man again and mm. Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah, Birdman I heard again. that. Yeah. Spoiler, but he's a, he's a bird. Uh, Michael Keaton, um, circle. I love that he's typecast as bird now. <laughs> like, yeah. It's great. What is that like to be Batman and then be the villain in Spider-Man? Like, that's interesting. He's gone for a circle. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. When you're here, you're, you're on the line, too. Batman's always on the line. He's yeah. not... So, I also had the sense, because, like, when Adi's in trouble, like, she just has a sense about it. She like just appears. Like she she's not she's nowhere near her, it seems, and she like just stops mid tracks and then mm. goes to her. So it seems like for some reason she has a special sense with her. But I, I just wonder why it was I guess she probably just kept seeing her at night and then just like made a narrative about her like we do with people sometimes and then just thought she seemed like sad and lonely and just wanting but not knowing how to want anymore so she became semi-obsessed with her Mm. but she was so in tuned with her that she appeared like when she was in trouble that was yeah interesting to me uh that's it okay (laughs) uh well i talked about also the idea that cats are are in vampire films in interesting ways sometimes. I like the shot a lot yeah. with the cat in them too in the car. And um I was thinking I was specifically let the right one in. Like there's a terrifying cat scene in that movie oh. where cats do not bond with vampires at all. So in this one when she has the cat like on her is interesting to me because it's just a different aspect. Yeah, she's like holding it. the cat. The cat was totally like because I feel like Sometimes we've seen animals get senses about vampires and not like to be around them. But in this, the cat was fine with her and just wanted to sit on her lap. So that's the most well-behaved cat. I love it. It's funny that there was a cat in this because we just came off of the finale of Buffy where the cat cat. plays a significant role in the dream. Yeah, I kept thinking of like, aren't they supposed to take care of themselves? Because like... That cat was pretty efficient in taking care of itself, it seemed. But The cat didn't ask to be adopted. He nope, plucked he it fine. out of that abandoned building. <laughs> yeah. But I also was so mad when he was about to leave the cat with his father. I was like, nah, that dude can't take care of the cat. You take care of that yeah, cat. Yeah, at least let it back outside if you're yeah. going to do that. Don't leave it with your father who thinks it has your dead wife's eyes and oh wants to kill it. Yeah. That was a terrifying sequence. But yeah. it also shows like... Uh, how like disturbing withdrawals can be and like you can't just take people off drugs and expect them to be fine well and again uh, I don't think it's completely attributed to the drug use either his like psychosis and his breakdown regarding the death of his wife so like there could he be layers of mental illness in withdrawals too. but he was probably know. clearly suffering from other things but I mean heroin withdrawals aren't really fucking light so yeah like not that it excuses anything. No, no. But it's 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 that like not knowing, I mean, as I've been like through addiction and stuff before, like what is the addiction and what is the person is mm. so vague and gray yeah. and yeah. so fucking hard to tell. But that's why drugs are so terrifying I sometimes. Know. Right. Well and I like he they is make people do batshit things. If he's if he has mental illness issues and like he's self medicating with drugs, he And is, then he's, he's going through withdrawals. He's vulnerable. He's inherently vulnerable. So it's definitely shades of gray in terms of like his actions and 
how we feel about him getting eaten by the vampire bud. I mean, I was okay. I'm sorry. You tie a woman's hands up with a belt and inject her with heroin against her will. No. I, mm, I was okay with not cool. that. Like, I mean, I was... I'm so upset, obviously, when she kept saying no and he tied her up and then injected her against her will. Like, all right, we're done here. Yeah. But I thought that was a really interesting shot when she was killing him. I mean, it was much Mm -hmm. less brutal than the previous shot, but like how it kept going to black and then showing Mm -hmm. it. It really worked for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like the whole way that was shot was beautiful to me. and I was super into it. very captivating all right well i guess we kind of already talked about how we felt about it and ratings wise um i'd rate it like a nine i'd say like a 7.5 yeah i think i'm the same as you bobby 7.5 i would recommend but with asterisks and caveats to certain people certain people Um, i'm glad i'm glad it exists i'm glad it's a total other lens put over the vampire genre but when i when i think about like genre bending like i if i would compare this to other things like i would put like fury road fury road would be my 10 you know if Mm. i was like thinking about what is one to 10 but fury road is also a summer blockbuster that had so much money. Millions of dollars. Well, yeah, yeah and I also think with about, a German like, director. the fact that this is, like, shot in 24 days, and it's, like, yeah, a woman's exactly. film and stuff, and I'm like, holy shit, this yeah. is impressive. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I, only, I, I put a lot of, like, yeah, like, caveats totally. on it that make me maybe rate it a little higher in my esteem for it, but, and like you said, I just feel like it's, I'm just happy it exists yeah. in general. So. Yeah. I'm glad I watched it. I am too. I, would, I recommend. Yeah. I would definitely recommend it. I, I would say it's not like, like if, if what you want is like a horror movie where people, there's lots of jump scares, like this is not, you're not going to get that with this. Yeah. It, no. it, I would recommend it to like feminist audiences and like feminist horror yeah. fans mm-hmm. for sure. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, to wrap up, Bobby, thanks so much for joining thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, if if y'all are interested, the the next movie that this woman uh, directed, The Bad Batch, is available on Amazon. Like you can rent it. Oh, already? Yeah. Nice. Um, it was one of those where it was like in theaters and for rent at the same time. Nice. Oh. And uh, my friend Jeff and I do a podcast called I'd See That, which you can find on Facebook and SoundCloud. And it, I think by the time this gets posted, we will have posted our Bad Batch episode so you can watch it on Amazon and then listen to our episode. And fans of this show might also like our Wonder Woman episode. And mm-hmm. the episodes that Anna and Kate were on in the past. The Wonder Woman one was extremely good. Thank and you. we are hoping to have that lovely lady on in our future episodes. Haley Wineland, yeah. Well, in Milan, we also... Um, if you enjoyed Post-game. Milan's recent episodes for Graduation Day Part 1 and 2, we got uh, connected to Milan through Bobby because of her um, episode that she did for Get Out, Get Out yeah. which was incredible. So. Also, congrats to Milan. Yeah, congratulations, congratulations, Milan and Ian. Yeah. Love birds. Well done. Aww. Together forever. <laughs> so sweet. Very um, cute. All right. Well, um, find us, of course, online at Babes Watch Buffy and all the social media. All the things. Wherever you stream your podcasts. You could support us on Patreon. Yes, we have please. a few bonus episodes on there, but the bonus. Some of them may be released to the general public soon, though. I mean, by the time this comes out, one of them already will have been. Yeah. So 
I'll get the it's all right. Um, yeah, but if you go to patreon.com, just search for Babes Watch Buffy, and we'd appreciate anything that you'd like to donate. That helps us cover our operational costs. Um, you can find Kate online. Uh, Kate Brecht on Twitter and Facebook. Not Facebook. Don't find me on Facebook. <laughs> but on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr even. Yes. Um, and you can find my Black Mirror podcast, which I've been neglecting fiercely, but we'll have a new episode soon on Black Mirror Library on Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook. But hey, if you if you like existential horror and mirror, dark man. artsy things and Black Mirror and you haven't listened to um, Kate and Shelley's podcast we yet. Have five episodes. Yeah, there. you've got a little yeah. bit of a backlog to work yeah, through. So that's great. Yeah. And I'm sitting on three pretty ones Ooh, right now that nice. I have to edit. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right. And, you know, if, if also if you're feeling charitable, please, please, please take a minute to um, give us ratings on iTunes and on Stitcher. We got a new rating this week. It Yay. was lovely. Oh, it, it actually it helps us a lot. Like the more ratings that we get, um, the more likely we are for iTunes to promote us to new listeners. I also so. look at them daily and they make me extremely yes, happy. And, it, <laughs> and we love you. We love all of you. Um, Thank you to Stephen, of course, for your Thanks, ongoing technical Stephen. support. Thank you to Strawberry Jacuzzi for the use of your song oh, Bitch yeah. Jam as our intro and outro. Thanks, guys. And until season four, I'm Anna. I'm Kate. Two Slayers. No waiting. doubling down on Gina's. I'm wondering I'm trying to remember in Boy Meets World when Sean like finds Angela's purse at some point he like looks through and there's a movie candy in there with a movie ticket or something and he's like this is the best movie candy and I can't think I thought it was Junior Men's but I'm not sure Snow Caps? Oh it was Snow Caps I How think old is I also caps? think Snow Caps are gross is it the like ice cream of the future? I use no. like snow caps a lot, but I think a lot of these things are heavily weighed into nostalgia for me yeah. now. And now when I have them, I'm like, oh, you're not. I think that it's, snow caps good. are like an old timey candy to me. <laughs> you for would sure. like to lick them good and put and them together. <laughs> Am I the only one that did that? You like lick the little uh, the bottoms of them and put them together. And I don't know why you would do that, but that's what you would do. I. Uh, <laughs> it's giving me a sensation when you describe that, but. <laughs> I never like snow caps. So. You lick them and put I'll them eat together. a junior mint though. Like sprinkle in your junior mints in the popcorn Ooh, so they get warm okay, and melty. That's okay, what I do okay. with the peanut M and M's. Yeah, then it's like a trail mix. There are two schools of thought. Some people are are chocolate people, and some people are like sour people. I like both, but I don't think you should mix them. I like Skittles. I like tart, but not sour. Skittles tart. Okay, but same same genre. Yeah, like a fruity, I mean, fruity or chocolatey. I love yeah, sour yeah, patch, that's but a good, once I get towards the end of a box of sour patch, I start regretting it. See, I'm chocolate only. I don't, I I don't only. get riled up. I like by gummies, and I like sour things. Mmm... Yeah. Mm. I like all the candies. I Fair enough. Do you guys ever sneak in savory food? 
Yes. I ha- I've snuck in a burrito before. Hell that was a bad yeah. idea. One time I when I was so I was trying to be one. I was trying to be gluten free and I snuck in a burrito bowl. Nice. <laughs> I saw the movie Leap Year starring Amy Adams, which oh, is a complete a garbage movie, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, one of the last of a dying genre of ridiculous romantic comedies. But I saw it in the theater, and I snuck in an entire McDonald's value meal and a hot fudge sundae. <laughs> Did anyone look at you and be like, that smells like fries? That no, because the fries. theater was empty because it was leap year. <laughs> I love when theaters are empty and you yep. can just like get away with it. Yeah. yeah. 